Hi, ladies. I'm Dr. Brooke, and welcome to the Women's Strong Podcast. Women's Strong is an online women's wellness program that covers the foundations of health through lessons, exercises, daily challenges, and live interviews with female experts on a variety of health topics. Women Strong also provides a supportive community of like-minded ladies who encourage one another toward improved health and vitality. This podcast is a collection of excerpts from some of our Women Strong live interviews. We are so grateful to all of our experts for sharing their wisdom with our community. These strong women have taught us so much, and we're thrilled to share their expertise and wellness tips through this podcast. If you'd like to hear the complete interviews, or if you'd like to be present on these live Zoom calls with our experts, then sign up for the Women Strong membership at womenstrongtogether.com. We can't wait to meet you and begin supporting you on your wellness journey. In this episode on trauma... Dr. Nicole and I have the pleasure of talking with one of our favorite therapist colleagues, Anna Schneider. Trauma is, in my opinion, one of the most important mental health conditions to address. And given the nature of our bodies and our minds reaction to traumatic events, trauma can also be one of the most challenging mental health issues to treat. In this excerpt from Anna's wonderful interview, she teaches us about EMDR, which stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. EMDR is an evidence-based and commonly utilized trauma-focused therapy modality. The remainder of Anna's interview can be accessed through our Women Strong membership. Within the portion of the interview that didn't make the podcast edit, Anna touched on several other trauma-related topics and tools, including her involvement with the very exciting and hopeful research on MDMA-assisted psychotherapy for PTSD. With May being Mental Health Awareness Month, plus the fact that all of us have experienced mental health strain and exposure to traumatic events during the pandemic, I want to reiterate to all of you that you are not alone on your mental health journey. We at Women Strong are deeply committed to decreasing mental health stigma and making sure our ladies, and really everyone, feel comfortable seeking out mental health care when necessary. It can be scary to take that first step, but there are lots of kind mental health providers out there with lots of different therapy approaches and tools to help us navigate life's challenges with greater ease. Reaching out and asking for help can be the hardest hurdle, and we are here for you if you need any encouragement. Feel free to email us at support at womenstrongtogether.com. Your mental health matters a lot, and you deserve to give yourself the gift of mental and emotional care especially right now. Without further ado, here's Anna to instill some hope for all of us when it comes to treating trauma. Hi, 
Hi, ladies. We are so happy to have Anna Schneider with us today. And Nicole and I had the pleasure of working closely with Anna at our integrative mental health clinic for many years. And we love Anna and so do all of her clients. She is so beloved (laughs) by so many. (laughs) And she is here with us today to talk about trauma. So Anna, would you mind introducing yourself and telling us about you? Sure. So um, I am an LPC um, and I've been doing psychotherapy for about 10 years, which feels like crazy, but... um, yeah, and I kind of got started thinking I wanted to do couples work, and that's the path I started down, and then um, working at the Wholeness Center, and as I got into um, just what doing therapy looked like, I kind of fell in love with trauma, and so that's really where I've put more of my energy, and um, so yeah, I am. Um, I do EMDR, and a lot of EMDR. And I'm also part of a phase three FDA trial for um, MDMA assisted psychotherapy for complex PTSD. So yeah, I'm married. I have two kids, seven and nine. We keep life very interesting and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, so a couple things. What's an LPC for those okay. who don't know? <laughs> so that is a licensed professional counselor. Um, there's several tracks you can take um, in that field. That's one of them. You can also be a LCSW, which is a licensed clinical social worker. LMFT um, is a licensed marriage and family therapist. So LPC is kind of more of a generalized Um, license and you can really kind of decide where you want to go with it. Great. Thank you. Yeah. And then I know we'll get into more details of some of the other things that you mentioned, like complex PTSD, but Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, so you said you fell in love with trauma. Yes. So can you, (laughs) what's that? Like it or not. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that journey and maybe even your personal journey into wanting to go into you know, mental health and become a therapist and yeah. sort of how you, how trauma came okay. to be your love. Yeah. Um, I know, I think I come home from work and, you know, talk to my husband about what I do. And he, every day he's like, I, I don't know. I don't know how you continue to do this. But um, in talking to other therapists, it's just, it's trauma is so tricky. And every single person in the world has some sort of trauma. Um, but so I was a psychology, I have a BS in psychology. And after I graduated, um, my husband was working in politics. And so we moved all over the country for like the next 10 years. And um, finally in 2008, he um, he did Obama's race here in Colorado. And I just said, I we gotta stay here. I need to go back to school. And it was something I always wanted to do, but we just had been moving around so much. It was hard to settle down and commit to that. So 
um, went back to school and, um, yeah, what led me there was, um, I worked in real estate for a long time and I would, there would always be someone sitting at my desk kind of telling me like, I'm struggling with my boyfriend or like, here's what's going on with my boss. And I just was, I loved listening to people and they just came to me. So, um, that was, you know, in part how I decided, oh, I want to pursue this a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I got, I went back to school in 2008 and, um, graduated in 2011. Um, our oldest, I got pregnant with our oldest that last year. So I started just a small private practice when he was like four months old. And, um, in thinking I, I've always struggled with anxiety in my life. So that's kind of, um, what I wanted to help treat. So kind of started there as a generalist and um, just really small private practice and then got pregnant with my second one. And soon after that is when I started at the wholeness center. Um, and I remember um, the practice manager at the time telling me, you have this X amount of money to do training. And so I was asking, you know, some of the psychiatrists at wholeness, like what would be helpful for you guys to have me trained in? And every one of them said EMDR, which stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which is an evidence-based practice that's used to treat trauma. The only thing right now that's, um, that the American Psychological Association has said treats trauma. So um, I got trained in that and I did a lot of my own work using EMDR and just saw the huge benefits that come from doing that hard work. And, um, so that kind of led me down this trauma path. Um, and I've, it's, it's just so helpful. Um, it's, you know, everybody, everybody can benefit from being able to look at, their past and how different things affect their present day self. And, um, yeah, so it's definitely hard work. Trauma is really tricky and, but I, I really love it. So I'm not sure if that answers your question entirely, but, um, that's kind of in a nutshell. That's wonderful. And you tell us more about how EMDR looks or what that is like, because I'm sure I know that people have heard of it. Some people have not heard of it, but I know that people have heard of it before, but they're just not really sure. Like, well, what do you, what do you do? What is the experience like? Sure. So, um, it, I should look this up because I explain this all the time. I think it was the late eighties could have been early nineties, but there was this woman, Francine Shapiro, who is the mother founder of EMDR. Um, and she was in New York city, um, and had a conversation with someone that was really upsetting to her. And so she went for a walk through the park and came back and realized that she had felt better. Um, so that began just being curious about what that was like. And essentially what was discovered is walking is a form of bilateral stimulation for your brain, which is where both sides of your brain are stimulated at the same time. 
So it originally started where you hold two fingers and people follow your eyes, follow my fingers. Um, they don't exactly know why EMDR works. They do know that it works. So there's been a lot of studies done on people who have trauma. Um, and basically they think that it mimics REM sleep. So let's say, um, you know, today is Friday, no special day for me, right? So I woke up this morning, had breakfast, dropped my kids off. Like when I go to sleep tonight, all of the, all of my memories for the day, like what I had for breakfast, I won't, that won't get stored in my long-term memory. Now say today's my son's birthday, right? And we go out to dinner or something like that tonight. When I go to sleep, that memory will get stored in my frontal cortex, which is where you can access memories for a long time. When there's trauma, our brains don't work like that because our system gets flooded with adrenaline and cortisol. And when we go to bed that night, the, your brain doesn't work to kind of sort out and put the memories where they're supposed to be. They often get stored in your amygdala, which is at the base of your brain, which is your fight or flight response center. So when I do EMDR with someone, we, I do like a full trauma history and um, lots of steps go into the prep work, just making sure people are um, grounded enough and have good resourcing because we bring up all this yucky stuff and we want them to be able to stay what's called in the window of tolerance in their body so they can reprocess the memory. So let's take a car accident, for example. So say I have client who got into a car accident at 15. So we bring up um, what is the worst image that comes to mind when you think of this? What's the negative belief you have about yourself? Um, what are you noticing physically in your body? What emotions come up? And then you always want to get a disturbance um, number, which is called a SUDS rating. So zero is neutral or no disturbance. 10 is the greatest disturbance. Um, and that's kind of how you're going to assess um, what the reprocessing looks like. So after I ask all these questions, essentially what that does is it lights up your memory network. Um, and then using, I use um, buzzers. So people still do this with the eyes. Some people like to close their eyes. And so there's buzzers or you can wear headphones where it beeps in either ear. There's also a light bar you can buy. Um, and now with COVID, there's been a ton of new stuff that we can do online. Um, so I've still been doing EMDR with people online during the um, quarantine. But so it lights up your memory network and then using these buzzers, it's mimicking REM sleep essentially. And we reprocess the memory. So essentially it comes out of your amygdala we reprocess it. And then ideally when everything settles down again, the memory moves to your frontal cortex. So when I say this is an evidence-based practice, that's what they've studied. They've done the brain scan when the person's talking about the trauma, see where the brain lights up, then they do the EMDR, then they do another brain scan, talk about the trauma and it, the frontal cortex lights up. So. Awesome. Yeah. Can you tell us maybe even using that car accident example, mm -hmm. what it would look like for someone after doing EMDR 
and sort of what it feels like in real life when they think about those memories and traumas? Sure. So um, when people have trauma, oftentimes it feels like that everything is right here, which is what causes the hypervigilance and the nightmares. And it's like, you kind of can't get away from it. It's almost just like on you. Right. And so the way I've had a lot of people describe it and what I've experienced myself is I can't take away the trauma. We can't change that it happened. Right. But in thinking about it, the memory moves far away. Right. So I can see it a little more clearly and I'm not triggered. Like it's not such a visceral reaction that I have um, in thinking about it. It's like, Oh yeah, I remember that happened. That sucked you know, but it's not this like huge response that people have um, in thinking about what, what the trauma was. Sometimes can't even think about it because it's the reaction so strong. So it just feels a little further away. It's easier to, um, to see, to digest, to um, talk about um, because it's not, you know, it's not, it's not creating this visceral response. I've right. heard that when people are going through or doing EMDR, that sometimes things can feel worse before they get better. Mm-hmm. And is that true? And how do you kind of help coach people through that? Yeah. So, um, we, like I said, we do a lot of prep work just because it's important for people to know, like, here's what we're getting into. And, first session of EMDR and we're going to reprocess a rape say like, and then you have to go back to work an hour later. That's not ideal. So just kind of setting up, like, what does it look like um, to, you know, let's do it at the end of your day. The first time everybody responds very differently to it. Some people it's like, they don't even know that they did it. Right my response to it was I was always okay that next day or that day. And the next day for no reason at all, no like images or anything, but my body was just releasing and I cried and cried and cried and cried all the next day, every single time I did it. Um, it can often cause people to have just interesting dreams. Um, like a random thought that, Oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that forever. Um, Because really what we've done is kind of shaken up your unconscious, you know, we've kind of gone in like the back way. Um, So we do a lot of prep as far as what it might look like and just what, you know, space for processing. And typically with the first session, I'll always check in with the person the next day and see how they're feeling. Um, And then once people get in a groove, they kind of know what to expect or they'll come in and we'll have planned to do EMDR and they're like, oh, I have to go to this dinner tonight and I can't, I just can't do it today. And so we kind of are able to pivot that way. Um, Does that answer your question? Yeah. You mentioned before that everyone has experienced trauma and one thing that we wanted you to speak on is, was, or w- that we thought you might bring up <laughs> yeah. is the whole notion of big T and little t trauma yeah. and sort of the difference in reaction potentially to trauma in people and sort of what might or might not set them up to respond differently to traumatic events. Sure. Um, so big T trauma is, 
you know, being assaulted or witnessing a death, something that tends to be like a larger incident. Um, little T trauma is something, um, let's say I'm working with 25 year old male who every single day of his life, dad has said, you're not good enough. You're not going to amount to anything. Um, that's little T trauma. So it's not this like huge event that's occurred, but it's something where this guy has a negative belief about himself because of something he's been told every single day of his life. Um, and what I have found with EMDR is little T trauma is way harder to treat than big T trauma because say there was an assault, right? It's an isolated incident. It's one night. It's, I remember this happened and this happened and here's how I felt after. Um, little T trauma where you feel like you're not important or you haven't, you know, that you're never going to be what your dad thinks you can be. Um, I mean, that's so layered and it's so much deeper where there's, um, it's just so much harder to undo. Um, not impossible, but much bigger of a commitment with EMDR for sure. So, um, so most people, maybe I shouldn't have said everyone, Brooke, but um, no, or, you know, I guess, yeah, it depends on how you look at it. But there, you know, if you were picked on at school or, you know, if somebody said something to you, like I had one guy who came in and he had such a low self-worth. And when we went back to see, it's called your target memory, like what was causing that? It was his third grade teacher had said something that embarrassed him in this class. And he, this memory popped up for him like several times a week and he was 30 years old, you know? So it's like third grade. And so then being able to um, work with that and desensitize it, reprocess that. And then what I didn't add with EMDR is you also add what's called a positive cognition. So after you get to your SUDS, your subjective unit of disturbance scale is a zero. So it's neutral or not disturbing you at all. We go back to the, um, the memory that's upsetting to you and we add a positive cognition. So you replay or um, bring up that memory with say, I'm not good enough was the negative belief you have about yourself. Um, the positive belief is I'm amazing and going to conquer the world or, you know, whatever it is that um, client comes up with. So sorry to circle back to that, but no, uh, I love that. Yeah. So anything that, that you look back in your life and you're like, and you get this like ugh, yucky feeling that could be considered trauma, like little T trauma. I feel like now with the past year that's happened, it's oh. fair to say that everybody has experienced some level of trauma. If you liked this episode, please share it with others. And if you have time, please rate us or leave a comment. If you'd like to give us feedback or request any topics to be covered in future podcasts, we'd love to hear from you at support at womenstrongtogether.com. Big thanks to Jordan Frankly Speaking Schneider for doing our music. Another big thanks to our Women Strong experts for taking the time to share their wisdom with our ladies. If you want to join our supportive community and participate in live interviews like this one in the future, sign up for the Women Strong membership at 
womenstrongtogether.com. Until next time, this is Dr. Brooke from Women Strong, wishing you health, vitality, and the strength to continue evolving into your best self.